Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Nice. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Great News with Kevin and, <clears throat> and Mike. I'm, I'm Mike. And uh, we bring you only the positive stories, por- stories that actually make you believe in humanity again. And, and they're very, very much needed. They're we, very much needed, and they're super easy to find. Yeah, we and both of us, I believe, our lives have been enriched just by finding these stories and reading through them and understanding that there are a lot of really great people in this world. Yeah, and all kidding aside, I, I had a chance. Um, I started my whole career. I have all of my career to thank uh, with you to thank for that. You know, you and your partner, Bean. Mike starting, lied to us in the uh, interview. Go ahead. That's true. Uh, at... <laughs> Uh, the Kevin and Bean show. And that's where I, but I also, after that transitioned to doing talk AM political talk radio and my life was so harmed by having to kind of swim in those waters constantly of all these negative stories. And it's such an amazing contrast to do this show and to, to focus on these stories, which like I said, are pretty much all over the place happening every second of every day, all over this great world of ours. And that is the basis of great news. And here <clears throat> is your intro. Intro! The show's about to begin, bro. <laughs> Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues, because Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Brought to you by Coming Chevrolet. Who knew we had an unofficial sponsor? That's great news. Ah, it's Coming Chevrolet. <laughs> it's my favorite place to buy. To buy big. I'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym. I'm getting the feeling of coming at home. I'm getting the feeling of coming backstage when I pump up. When I pose out in front of 5,000 people, I get the same feeling. So I'm coming day and night. I'm not sure he knows what that means. It's terrific, (laughs) right? So, you know, I'm in heaven. Oh, he knows. Dude, have you ever seen Pumping Iron? Uh, Yes, but it's been a long time. He is so savage. Yeah. So. He believe me, he knows. <laughs> okay, smoking a joint. He's like, ah, oh, the ladies love my physique. It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. All right, my first story for this episode is the COVID bandit. Uh oh. What do you think? If you had to guess, what is the COVID bandit? It's a guy or gal going around using the mask because we're all wearing masks to hide him or herself and giving people COVID, sneezing in their face. Yeah, that's, I see it in your face. That's what you would think. Sure. This is an anonymous person who leaves huge tips at restaurants and then walks out and doesn't tell him who he is. I don't know how I got the name, the COVID bandit, but that's his name. So he went to Notch Up Bakery and Cafe in Colorado. Notch Up? Yes. Okay. And left a $1,400 tip. Oh, hello. And, and said, split it amongst all of you and... He didn't leave his name or anything. He just left. And I'm assuming it's a bakery, so there's not like a hundred employees. It's right. got to be like five people. Right. Amazing. So he's uh, he's tipped over 130 servers in Nashville, which is just a it's a crazy thing that if you can do it, it's an amazing thing to do. And this person is anonymous. Remains anonymous. Yes. And the police say, "What did he do?" And they said, "Just the tip." Okay, here's the video. Here in the heart of the Colorado Rockies, a serial tipper is on the loose. When he left and I saw the check, I was like, oh my God, this is real? (laughs) Is this real? He left a $1,400 tip and he wrote that each employee gets uh, $200. 
The man who goes by the COVID bandit wants to remain anonymous and has been leaving big tips at various Colorado restaurants for months. What's it been like trying to run a restaurant during the pandemic? It's just you don't know what's going to happen next. And people like a COVID bandit make a difference because, you know, uh, it brought tears to our eyes when we saw that big tip. But it's not just here. Good Samaritans have been serving up oversized tips to restaurant staff across the country. In Nashville, Lexi Burke wanted to pay it forward. I had been a server back in the day, and it was just heavy on my heart to do something for the servers. She and her husband have tipped more than 130 servers in the city this past year, recently giving Tori Kaiser a $1,300 tip and launching a GoFundMe campaign to buy the mother of two a new van. I work hard for what I do. It just makes you feel special. What does this say about the kindness of strangers? I think it means a lot. It feels that we are all in the same boat. We all supporting each other. Proving a little goes a long way. I know that we've said this. <laughs> hey, Chad. What's up? I didn't realize you had joined us. No, go ahead. Finish your, finish your comment, bro. I know that we've sort of gone on and on about this, that there are more stories like this than there are the terrible three stories that they show on the news right, over and over. stuff, yeah. But this stuff happens all the time. All the time, bro. So what's up, Chad? So just first off, hey, dude. Hey, hey. bro. So I just thought I'd stop by because, like, I was, you know, chilling back there. I was drinking Monster Energy, just, like, scrolling through my IG. Just in, over here at the studio? Like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Moto Mania, at Moto Maniac on uh, IG. And uh, I heard, heard this story about the tipper. Yeah. And I was thinking about, like, all over the 909, all over Flagstaff, you know, all over the places I like to hang out. Mm -hmm. I've, been, I've been giving people just a tip for, like... right. 20 years now, bro. But you know I mean, because there's too much meat right down there. So, like, I just got just a little bit, and the girls are like, oh, no, Chad, Kyle, you can't. And I was like, that's right. Too much, just a little tip is all you get. Because uh, I don't want to hurt you. I mean, I think this is strictly a, a money thing. Is right. that they eat, they get charged. All about that paper, kid. I get it. And then they leave a bigger tip than usual. While I'm here, you know, I was. <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm here. Um, you know, I was playing like board games with my kids, bro. My two sons. You have kids? What are their I names? Two, I, uh, my son's Militia and Kawasaki. Okay. Yeah, I have two, two kids, sure. Militia and Kawasaki. Uh huh. Um, what board game? We were we were playing Monopoly. Is that one of your kids? That, no, no, that's Militia. Oh, he, he's he's four. Okay. He, uh, you know, he's been eating nothing but you know red meat and. Monster. He looks huge for four. He's a big kid, yeah. bro. But what do you expect? Yeah. Uh, so I was playing these games, right? And I'm like, yeah, this is all right for kids, you know, cause like for militia, he's four and you know, Kawasaki's two, you right. know, but like there should be more adult games, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I my, don't for four and two year olds, my, my, my wife, Brandy Mandy, we should be able to sit down, play a board game. What's your wife's name? Brandy Mandy. Okay. I'm Chad Kyle's Brandy Mandy. Uh, am I Chad Kyle or Kyle Chad? I can't remember. I think you're Chad Kyle. Yeah, let's, either one, fun man. Sure. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like a, it's like a race car, backward forwards. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, right? So I was like, dude, we should have some like, like Chad games. You know, that you could play like if you're a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I came <laughs> up with some, and like, you tell me what what you think, bro. Okay. These All are right. these are adult bro board games, bro. Adult bro board games. Okay. 
Camopoly. It's like Monopoly. Right, got right? it. With ropes. Right, I got it. But are you talking about with your kids still, or are you talking no, about no, no, only no. adults? Dude, come on. Only adult games. Dude. We started out by talking about your kids for 15 minutes. That's what I'm saying. I was playing Monopoly with my right. kids. I got you. Okay. And I'm saying, when me and Brandy Manny sit down, gotcha. you know, maybe crack, crack open a, a, a Mickey's right. or something. You know what I'm saying, bro? Sure. Or, or a Coors. Sure. Go ahead and rock Comopoly. Right. Know, who knows where that'll lead? I mean, you sort of know where that'll lead. Cock, paper, scissors. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure, I do know. Well, How does she play? I don't know. Well, scissors. Okay. Yo, she gets another lady and they're fucking, ah, oh, cock, paper, scissors, scissors. <laughs> okay, what? Yes, what yes about, Chad. What about connect whore? <laughs> you just get whores. Right. I mean, okay. I think that one pretty much explains itself. What, what about instead of checkers, it's cheekers. You know, the girls are like this. With their cheeks, you know, because... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. I'll work on that one. Not a, <laughs> why is your face not on this, by the way? What? Your face should be... I'll work on that. Okay. Well, uh, well, I, did a, I did a photo shoot for uh, Affliction a while back. But you did? I'll, I'll okay. do one for Monster. Um, you know Twister? Twister, yeah. What about Jister? <laughs> Come on. Tic-tac-toe? Yes. What about Dick Crack Ho? <laughs> Wow, you went all three. There's a dick and a crack. Sure. You know, you're going to ask? Sure. She's a hoe. She... Right, right. We get it. How about thick black bro? You know, I have bros that are black and they start, yeah. Right. Just tip. Sure. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> what about chess in her ass? <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, really? Did you say chess in her ass? That was the name of it? It's like chess. <laughs> right. I I think I understand. You know, rooks and, and the bonds and king and queens. You know, the whole thing. <laughs> right. Is this Kawasaki? No, that's my dad. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's my dad. Uh, <laughs> that's my dad. He must be proud of you. That's my dad, Craig Shaft. Craig Shaft. Crankshaft, Chad. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Chad is your first name. Kyle is your last name. I feel like I shouldn't have to be the one <laughs> to point out the order of those. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a visit. Wow. Wow, that guy. Chad Kyle. It's amazing how many images you find. You just put like bro and monster energy. <laughs> um, all right. Is it my turn? Yes. Okay. I just did the COVID band a half hour That's ago. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I understand. Look, we make no secret that we're super fanboys and that we are biased and goo goo gaga over the brave men and women who make the decision to serve in the United States military. Yeah, they're better than the rest of us. They are. And, and we always defer to the fact that they are better and we should do whatever we can to support these men and women. Not everybody feels that way. And this is a free country. Sure. And you're darn, you have every right to not feel that way. Sure. But I do think you're a bad person. <laughs> I do think it is um, a travesty when people take it upon themselves to express that to poor soldiers because 
the, the men and women who actually go out and do the fighting, it's not really them. It's not their decision. I totally understand yeah. having a, a real, real problems with United States uh, military global policy. You know, so Agreed. Take it up with Washington, D.C. That's the thing. It's take not it up the with soldiers. the Pentagon. It has nothing to do with the. So I do think it's a, a, real, a real travesty when that, when that does happen. Well, it did happen and it was caught on tape. And the way that this young man and this young woman react is just a testament to why the United States military is so special. Check it out. So, Bill, it turns out that both of those soldiers are Army recruiters, and they were working at the time when they went into the Walmart, and they said that they're surprised by what happened. On most days, Staff Sergeant Centavius Davis and Staff Sergeant Linda Bates are busy recruiting for the Army, but last week they found themselves under attack. While we were in Walmart, just walking around, um, guy came up and started expressing his opinion. Y'all ain't nothing but killers. Customers at the Walmart on South Rice and West Park started recording when another customer lashed out at the soldiers. I've been in the Army 10 years, and that's the first time that ever happened to me. Honestly, I was completely shocked um, because we are in Houston, and the Houstonians are so supportive of the military. Both service members were caught off guard, but it was their reaction during the heated moments that have many people talking. That's what I put on my uniform. The two soldiers remained cool, calm, and collected, thanks to their training, they say, and because they believe what they preach. We fight for you to be able to express your opinions and everything like that. However, my mom used to always tell me there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. I serve, you know, so that every, all Americans can have freedom and express themselves. And I, too, am just a regular American that chose to serve. And they both told me that there were other customers who stood up for them in their defense. But they told me it didn't end in the store. The man actually followed them to their truck. They said that the comments got even worse, but nothing led to anything physical, and everyone was able to go their separate ways without any problems. Reporting live from Southwest Houston, Sophia Bosley, KPRC, Channel 2 News. Flavor Flaves lost it. <laughs> that guy does deserve I mean, come on. Screw that guy. <laughs> but, uh, hey. We put on the uniform so that every American can express his or her opinion. It doesn't matter if it's the one we agree with or not. Yeah, agreed. I agree. <clears throat> this is a uh, story of a hometown hero. Her name is Rhonda Lee, and she, um, through the pandemic, has started her own food pantry in her own basement. Check what? this out. Not a hometown hero who has made a big difference during this pandemic by starting a food pantry out of her own basement. Andy Chillian taking us to Jackson County, West Virginia for this week's Hometown Hero. Following my heart and I'm trying to help people. Meet Rhonda Lee. When the pandemic hit, she decided to start her own food pantry by taking money out of her own paychecks. Some weeks it was 200, some weeks it was 100. And even after she was laid off in June of last year, oh. Rhonda saved up enough money and has kept the pantry going. All right, hold up, hold up. She was laid off. And she kept it going. And she kept it going. She kept buying food so that she could help other people who didn't have food. It's miraculous. Agreed. Her inspiration stems from the desire to help a friend who was short on food. I was donating anyway, so why not give to somebody I knew? But she has also strived for a way to give back to the community after losing everything to a flash flood in 1995. I know what it's like to get up one day and everything's gone and you're starting over. They help me. I'm in a position. I'm going to help others. 
With that mentality, Rhonda aims to assist anyone in need, no matter the circumstance. We don't care. We don't tell people no. We just say, how can we help? What do you need? She even goes the extra mile and drops the boxes of food off herself. And that is what makes Rhonda Lee this week's WSAZ hometown hero. Andy Chilean, WSAZ News Channel 3, Jackson County, West Virginia. There, there is something about people who have gone through that type of experience where they lost everything. Yeah. And it puts everything in perspective. And then all of a sudden, she's... That, that was her natural response. Beautiful. Everyone, all of you, everyone with an earshot, let's go. For Rhonda Lee. Good on you, Rhonda. Do you think there's anybody... <laughs> Yes. Do you think there's anybody in West Virginia in that in that county that just says, "Help me, Rhonda"? Yeah, we know the song. Somebody out there said, "Help, help me, Rhonda." Come on, it was bad enough when he said it. All right, back, back to you. <sighs> so uh, there is. Are you a, happy with that? Yeah. I, okay. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Go ahead. Um, this is not uh, necessarily a, a like a a, a great uplifting story of human kindness it was just so bizarre and hysterical that i thought it just it deserved to be highlighted and it, it brings a smile to my face and i think it will do the same for you All and right. you the viewers i brought my my friend uh, jean charles Skarboski uh here gst today. good friend of mine is a muay thai trainer from france paris. pause pause paris. so that is george st pierre in my opinion the greatest mma fighter that has ever lived um, he is, this is from maybe a decade ago when he was coaching on the ultimate fighter. Uh, all the coaches bring in different, uh, coaches from their own, uh, per performing life right. to come help with their, their teammates. And they bring in striking coaches. They bring in wrestling coaches, jujitsu coaches, everything. George had been working with a Muay Thai guy's a legend. His name is John Charles Skarbowski. He's a Parisian Frenchman, and George is a, a Canadian Frenchman. And uh, John Charles Garbowski is fucking crazy. Right. And I mean that in all the best ways. He's a, he's a legitimate lunatic. But legitimate genius? Oh, and he's, but he's one of the greatest, what they call Farangs, which is non-Thai Muay Thai fighter, whether they be from Europe or, or America. There's a handful of, of essentially you know, non-Thai people that, right. that are well-respected. John Charles Garbowski is one of them. But he is, he's a lunatic. These guys are professional American athletes. They're all muscular. And they, John Charles Sarabowski is a hairy, flappy pile of shit that drinks all day and really? makes no secret of it, smokes constantly. And he's he not in shape? And I mean, he's, he's not fat, but he's like, if you saw him with a shirt off, you wouldn't be like, that guy is a world class Muay Thai he fighter. He would wreck me. Okay. Yeah. He, he's drinking all the time. And, Listen to how George has to literally warn them that he's like, be careful what you do. <laughs> he is kind of crazy. And then watch what happens when he fights these professional fighters. This is amazing. Check it out. He's like, he's not, he's a different human being. He's, a, he's like more, a, I don't know how to call that in English. He's a free thinker, you know, but the way he does, he's like amazing in it. He's a kind of guy, he spar. If you spar with him, you respect him. He's going to respect you. If I've seen some guy try to prove a point with him and try to go hard in Muay Thai, he's going he's gonna to knock you out cold. He's a, he's a character, okay? 
So I want you to be, be, uh, please be, be careful. Uh, he did a long, a long ride from Paris to come here. I want him to, to, be, to be respected, okay? So it's important for me. What George is trying to tell you, this could be the best experience of your life or the worst. <laughs> exactly. Be careful. Please Bonjour. Hello, everybody. My name is Jean-Charles Carbosti. I'm from Paris. I'm a Muay Thai teacher. One time I managed to be ranked number one at the Raja Damlin Stadium. That is one of the biggest stadiums of Muay Thai in, in the world. Come here, how are you? What's your name? Dan. Jean. Apparently, John Charles, he only sleeps like three hours a night. And before practice, he like gets wasted. Like he just drinks a ton of alcohol and just goes in there with a bunch of MMA fighters and effortlessly beats them up. Have a seat. No. He's frozen. Ooh, ooh. Like that's... Now he's gonna knee him in the head. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> oh. Oh, kitty shot. Jean-Charles is a very good guy. Very, very good person with a good heart, but you cannot have the same lifestyle that Jean-Charles has because us, as a martial artist, we need to not smoke, we need to not drink. And Jean-Charles, he lived in Thailand for a very long time, so in Thailand, it's different mentality. They smoke, they drink, and they, they fight every day, you know, so... He's not even trying. <laughs> <laughs> Charles is awesome, but at the same time, it sucks. <laughs> oh. That guy is brutal. He beat us all up and he was drunk, so <laughs> that guy can fight. Is that not That's amazing. So bizarre. Like, there's always, you know, these kung, these amazing martial arts movies about, like, the drunken master and stuff. But you're like, oh, yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, it's Steven Seagal or something. He flew here from Paris. Drinking. Hammered yeah. the whole way. Threw away his butt. Sh shirtless and shoeless. He came in and he said, hello, I'm Jen good And just wrecked people. This is so, I found that so peculiar. He wasn't trying. That's the part that got me is that he was just standing there. Yeah. He wasn't in a stance and ready no. to go. He's just standing there. No, he, I, I do I'll not need you. to put, put my Here's hands up. Here's a kick to your kidney. How about that? I do not need to put my hands up. It's, it's very nice <laughs> training with you. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next story is about an amazing woman named Lee Frushman. And she, <laughs> why are you laughing? She escaped Nazi Germany when she was 17. Oh my God. Now she's 101. I was going to say, she is still alive. That's amazing. And I just want you to see her frame of mind because some horrible things have happened to her. Her family's been killed. Like really devastating mm. things have happened. I'm going to go her. out on a limb here and say, Nazi Germany was not fun. That's quite a limb you went out yes. on. She's an amazing person, though. Listen to her. You have to be strong and live with it. 
not cry about it. You have to be strong. 84 years after Lee Fruchtman escaped Nazi Germany, the pain is still raw, but her strength is still building. The Washington Heights resident just turned 101 last month, her mind as sharp as ever. She was born in Munich, Germany as Lisa Lutta Sundheimer, and her family watched in horror as Hitler rose to power. We went under the bed when they marched on our streets. Hi, Hitler. Lee's family was beyond fortunate to have relatives in America who were able to secure this affidavit to bring Lee over to the U.S. in 1937 when she was 17. She escaped the concentration camps but still left everything behind in Munich, not knowing if she'd ever see her parents again. Very sad. Very sad. And on the border was sick for seven days. Her U.S. relatives were also able to get one of her sisters to the States and then eventually her parents right as the war was breaking out. She had another sister who escaped to France. So many of their Jewish friends and family members were murdered at the hands of the Nazis, a nightmare Lee's daughter Deborah said her mom had to learn to live with. She didn't, never looked back. She never felt, you know, why me? She never uh, pitied herself. She just... Uh, soldiered on and uh, it, it's very inspiring. In the States, Lee had many jobs. During the war, when her husband Max was fighting in Europe for the U.S. Army, Lee raised their first daughter alone. At the same time, she was leading a group of Jewish refugee women who made gloves to send to soldiers, which is documented in this 1942 newspaper article. She later worked long hours as a caterer for most of her career and then retired at the age of 89 as an employee of a kosher bakery here in Washington Heights. Only needing my arm for support, Lee can easily keep her stride with any New Yorker. So what's your secret to being in such good physical shape? Working. Working? And not sleeping. <laughs> not sleeping? You don't hear that. With her positive outlook and now with a vaccine in her arm, Lee feels she survived another battle, COVID-19. Lee has three children, five grandchildren, six great-grandchildren, and only more happy days ahead of her. In Washington Heights, Dana Arshin, Fox 5 News. It really... Beautiful. It really puts into focus, you know, I was complaining because I didn't have a snack today. Sure. You know what I mean? And she's got this incredibly horrible history and she just keeps going. She's just like, you know what? That really was awful. And I'm going to keep going. You have to be tough. As she said at the beginning, I mean, yeah. that's a, it's remarkable. What a remarkable story. And uh, yeah, I will say, first and foremost, I totally support wacky conspiracy theories i'm not i'm not into a lot but if, if you want to go on and uh wax poetic about how the earth's flat you do your thing do you Feel free. or vaccines don't work i don't care it's america do we but the holocaust denying stuff like seriously pump the brakes on it because there's many 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 probably you know unfortunately probably millions of families around the globe that have to hear that yeah, knowing what Agreed. they know about their grandmother or their great grandmother. Like it's not her. hard enough for her to right. just move on with her life. Like I said, I mean, you want to go into the, you know, Bill Gates is going to put a chip, chip at us. all. I don't give a shit. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Have fun with it. I, honestly, I don't pass judgment. But just 
remember that next time you're going to go down to Mel Gibson's dad's website and talk about how the fucking Holocaust didn't happen. Um, all right, final story. <clears throat> Richard Dreyfuss, uh, by all accounts, a very nice man and certainly a unbelievably talented actor. He was uh, recently on a late night talk show in um, Britain and he was confronted with Robert Shaw's granddaughter. You know, Robert Shaw, he was, he was in Jaws as well. I think he was the, uh, the badass, like, shark hunter. Okay. Remember that they took on the yeah. boat with him? He, he <laughs> um, and unfortunately, that, that actor died uh, rather early on in his life. And Richard Dreyfuss just kind of opens up a little bit. And it's so rare to see not only people in Hollywood, but someone so revered in Hollywood show such extreme vulnerability and, 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 and sadness for a relationship that he shared with another human being. I thought, uh, I thought this was a very nice clip. Check it out. You know the thing about a shark? He's got lifeless eyes. Black eyes, like a doll's eyes. God, he kicks ass. When he comes at you, doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then... Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red, and in spite of all the pounding and the hollering, they all I watch this all day. <laughs> all right, play the fucking clip! We got a text in from a 14-year-old girl from Kilkenny to say that her granddad was in Jaws with you, and his name was Robert Shaw, an extraordinary actor of his generation. And I said to her as we were chatting, she said, I'd love to meet him. I said, well, you'd like to meet your, your grandfather, your late grandfather. She said, no, I'd love to meet Richard Dreyfus." And I said, well, why don't you come up to the show tonight and, and meet him? And I introduced you to her in the green room before the show. And you, you, you got so emotional. And you, you broke down in, in a way because... And you, you hugged her and you said the nicest things to her about, about Mr Shaw, about Robert Shaw. Why, why did you get so taken back, taken well, aback? First of all, I'm, I'm one of the easy criers okay. of all time. That's a nice. And I, 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 it was like a closure what? of some kind. You know, Jaws was my... Jaws was one of the first films. Sure. And when I met her, it was like closure. That was the first word I thought of. And you have no idea how grand and large he was. Yeah. And it was like... It was like he was alive again, you know? He died far too soon, and I was, I was thrilled to meet her. Yeah, you seemed to be. Uh, what did you say to her? Oh, we talked about a lot of things, yeah. and, and I told her stories about him in, on the film, and, yeah. and she told me stories about the family, and, uh, you know... She had a huge impact. I just thought that was really, like... You don't see celebrities sort of, right, let their guard down a little bit. And, like that. and also, I guess it's just a bygone era, though. Judging by my wife, who's been lucky enough to work in like real major motion pictures, yeah, you like, oh, yeah, I saw that guy that I did a movie with. Right. You're like, hey, hey, buddy. But but to see that they had that level of, of a relationship, I thought it was I thought it was really sweet. And uh, granddaughter was pretty hot. Okay. Just saying. I found <laughs> out she's 22. So okay, all right. She's, she's, <laughs> you did a little research. Yeah, I did a little research. <laughs> If you like this uh, podcast, please subscribe and or click the little button thing, the bell, so that you can get uh, an announcement when we put up a new one.
real quick. And maybe a thumbs up. Yes, thumbs up, subscribe, tell your friends, please. We really believe in the show, and we hope you like it. So please get more people to like it. Real quick. How did Richard Dreyfus hold on to his voice? Because he's like 70 now. I he still know. sounds like he did. He you does, know what I'm yeah. saying? Like You hear like Pacino and De Niro. You hear Pacino in 76. And you, hey, you know, Fredo. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's like uh, you tell him that I'm going to be a sergeant. I'm going to come serpical. <laughs> gonna be. And then now he's like. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus sounds like he did. He's the same. Yeah. Same uh, guy. Thank you. <clears throat> Outro. You know what I'm talking about, bro. Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues Cause Kevin and Mike just rocked you all with great news Coming Chevrolet (laughs) Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news Nice